Hello and welcome back to Ninja Nerds Podcast. It's been a minute. Today is going to be podcast number eight. Can't believe we already did seven of them, but now we're already at the eight. Sweet. So my partner over here, the lovely Sadia, is going to introduce us to a couple things and we're going to get started. Yeah, today's podcast is a new one and it's called What's Trending. And basically what we're going to be doing is Sal and I are going to look at some headlines that have grace the entertainment industry and some new stuff that has come in terms of trailers and movies and shows and we're just going to give our two cents on it and it's going to be really exciting because we have some thoughts we have some opinions and actually if you're listening to this podcast uh, we did a little bit of a of a, a question kind of voting thing on instagram and if you voted on that you're going to hear our thoughts on your picks so stay tuned to see our um our thoughts on those things so we're going to start with the first headline, which is Star Wars Final Trilogy. Uh, apparently, this is supposed to be erased from the timeline or potentially made non-canon. This is kind of a big rumor. Yes. Uh, keyword rumor. So we're not, yeah. we're, not, we're not stating this as a fact. This is supposed to be a rumor. So apparently that there's been some talks that studio heads or um, producers or directors may want to get rid of this from the timeline. Before I share my thoughts, I think you seemed a little bit more frustrated than me. So I think you can quickly give a little bit of a tidbit I, of what your reaction is. I mean, it's, uh, I feel really bad for Star Wars fans because that's, that's three movies that are now being erased completely. That's kind of like, what was the point of these, of these stories? What was the point of the trilogy? And I mean, the last one, which was the uh, the rise of Skywalker. Yes. Was, uh, yeah, right. That was the last one. Conclusion. Yeah. I just remember. I mean, I remember when we when we watched it. I was just confused, and <laughs> as as a as an ending, it was just a little bit confusing. And now to possibly hear that, as a whole, the trilogy might just be like scratched out. It's just like, man, that that really sucks. That just really sucks. Yeah. I mean, like for me, I agree because you wasted, I'm going to say five years. Has it been around five years? No, no, no. 2017. Three years. Sorry, my bad. Uh, 27, no, 2015 is when Force Awakens came out. So yeah. five years, I believe. Yeah. I just feel like, yeah, like this unfortunately felt, if this is true, then a lot of this feels like a lot of wasted time to me. And while do, while I do also feel sorry for the fans, I've read a lot of comments and surprisingly a lot of them are fine with it they're like you know what this was so bad <laughs> <laughs> despite wasting um whatever 12 dollars times three is because <laughs> i'm just not gonna bother doing math right now um yeah it was so bad that i'm willing to just rewatch another freaking trilogy because as bad as the like the other trilogy was episode one two and three like we were willing to at least um look for a conclusion from there but they clearly didn't get it with this one so it just sucks because Star Wars didn't seem so messy to me before. It was a bit of a mess, but not as messy as it is now. And yeah. it's just—it's it, unfortunate because I do like the concept of the overall universe and where they were trying to go with it. But it was very obvious that there was a lack of a game plan and narrative. And you I mean, to- a roadmap. Like, if 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 yeah. if if, if, this, if anybody <laughs> could take a lesson from the final trilogy from Star Wars, is that it's really important that you have a roadmap. It's really important to know what story you're telling. Um, so I mean, yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens, right? It's, we it's weird. There was a lot of denial based on the idea of there. Like, this was part of the roadmap, but I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
maybe, like, maybe it doesn't yeah. seem like it. But all yeah. right, next on to the to probably one of the biggest news um, to come out, which was the fact that the Snyder Cut. So for people who yes. don't know Snyder, that's Zack Snyder, the original director for Justice League. The Snyder Cut for Justice League was announced, and there was a teaser trailer released, and that movie which was supposed to be the snyder original version is going to be released on hbo max 2021 now yes we got some thoughts on that right <laughs> yeah we do i <laughs> i definitely have thoughts well first of all it just i think the year is just 2021 but there's no month or day settled as of yet as to when it's exactly going to come out yeah um i do have positive and negative thoughts i think or any narrative like what we just said there what there needs to be a roadmap and as much as i dislike some of snyder's uh, take on direction and story, I still would prefer a one approach narrative versus two different messy approaches because apparently there was a lot of um, misguidance from Joss Whedon or from the production heads. There was all this mixed messaging. So if Snyder's cut, even if it's not good, if it pr provides a clearer narrative, it yeah. does pique my interest. So I still do want to watch it if there is a better narrative from this, if that means whether it's better or not. I don't know. Um, as, I'm, as, I I'm Sorry, more curious because Snyder apparently didn't even have Steppenwolf in mind. So yeah, yeah. You know, when yeah. I when we when I, when I watched Justice League, I remember seeing Steppenwolf come up, and I was like, "Oh my god, what what is this shit?" Like yeah. this, this guy came on the screen and looked like a Mortal Kombat character, and it just yes. it felt very much out of place. So when I heard that Steppenwolf was never actually supposed to be in the film and Snyder had a different antagonist in mind, that's what piqued my interest. And so when you saw the teaser trailer, I'm not going to spoil anything here. So if you're interested in that, you can go watch it. You kind of get a glimpse of maybe what, uh, okay, well, there you go. He said yeah. it, but I mean, <laughs> um, you kind of get a glimpse of maybe what Snyder was envisioning. And I will say that I'm, I'm I'm curious. I'm curious. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm I'm really interested to see his take on Justice League. Well, there's that, and as usual, I was reading so much about this because it piqued my interest. Because I'm like, what are you doing? But <laughs> because <laughs> as as usual, he's trying to throw in a whole bunch of other characters, and I'm like, I appreciate your excitement, dude, but like, slow down. Like yeah. this. Mm -hmm. I don't know. This it just might be the same BVS type mess again. But it's. I hope not. Yeah. I really hope not. Yeah, exactly. I really hope not. Sorry, like I, I like this. This trailer's been out for so long at this point. There's been millions of views, so I, I thought everyone would know about Dark Side. But anyways, moving on to the next topic that we have. Yeah, so we made a podcast on <coughs> COVID nineteen and the impact it's had on the entertainment industry, and wanted to give some updates about the things that have been happening and sort of the adjustments that. Um, companies and the industry has made. So a big one is that Cineplex here in Canada is reopening in different provinces, but not yet here in Ontario, which is the province that we live in. However, mm -hmm. um, we're entering what we what the government is calling stage three. And there are some reopening guidelines, which basically cap movie theater occupancy yeah. to 50 guests in the building. That is regardless of how many screens, how many auditoriums are being shown. So obviously these theaters are going to be operating at a loss. And it kind of makes you question, what would theaters do, you know, should you get more people into the theater? Like, what are the cautionary measures that they're going to take? So I was talking about this with another friend of mine where it's like, do you have like 
an empty row between each row of guests? Do you have like um, only a certain number of people sitting next to each other? Can you only buy four tickets at a time? Can you have 10 people sitting next to each other? There's all these questions in the air. And it, I'm just really, I'm very interested to see how theater companies are going to move forward in the next few weeks when it comes to, you know, getting back to, I guess, normal life per se. Yeah, exactly. So I, I definitely want to know what it looks like because I know when I like when we sit in the theaters, you see all these types of um, commercials regarding like, you know, make sure you don't talk that much, yada yada yada. But I, I, I want to see like, do, are, are they going to have commercials or previews in regards to like make sure to wear your mask yeah. or try to sit this neck like start hard to sit five seats over in regards to you know paying attention to somebody else next to you like i want to see what precautions they're going to take and I, I remember i mentioned this to you like are they going to try to market the shit out of this like are they going to have their own line of masks because <laughs> <laughs> i don't know because because I, I know old navy's already jumped not jumped on this opportunity in, in regards to the whole mask thing right so yeah i'm really curious to see how that's going to go down and i remember i also mentioned the idea of booking seats online because that used to be done for avx or a lot i guess they started to do it with, with a lot of standard films at the same time but i know i have a feeling this time they're going to make sure that people have to book things in advance because there's going to be such a limit in terms of well, that's just my prediction such a limit in terms of seatings right mm -hmm. yeah yeah and 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 on the note of theaters and movies um a movie was actually created during quarantine during the pandemic lockdown yeah. um Zendaya and John David Washington uh, created a movie while things were in lockdown. And it really kind of brings light to this whole idea of the new steps that will be taken when it comes to movie production. And the way, uh, I'm not going to get too much into it, but uh, some of the brief details is that the, the production crew, the actors, the directors, everybody who was supposed to be on site were tested and then quarantined in a house uh, in some part in LA or something. And they were supposed to be there for the duration of filming. They were not allowed to leave. They were not allowed yeah. to visit anybody. Yeah. And until the movie was done, they could not have inter any interaction with anybody. And it, it's, it's, it's really kind of like, is this what's going to happen for the rest of the year? Like, if you're going to be on a movie set, if you're going to be um, creating content, you have to quarantine yourself from everybody to create something. I don't know. It's kind of... I I think from an artistic approach, it's very interesting because I feel like it actually gives creators new ways to possibly make projects or films. So yeah. in that retrospective of being an artiste, oh, sorry, um, <laughs> I, I do think that it's, it, it's all very interesting. Do I think it's the future or do I think it's going to be better for the future? I don't know. Um, from, yeah. what, from what I read, apparently you can only have 12 or they had only about 12 people on the set of this yeah. film. Yeah, and there was like a health official, a supervisor. People take like they were very, very, very strict on what whatever was going on, which makes sense, of course, because if you're filming a movie in these times, that that's necessary to take all those steps. But I also want to know like this: how how does this um, push the narrative? Not, not sorry, not the narrative. The motivation of the actor, like, does it give them a better performance depending on what the type of movie is? Like, I really think it's going to affect artists or actors, or creators, or writers in a very different approach. So. I think it's interesting, so we'll see. Maybe it's not the future, but I feel like it's going to give people a different way to think about their projects and stories overall. Yeah, and actually, on that note, 
um, Tenant, which was actually supposed to be released in the month of July, which is the new Christopher Nolan movie, has been pushed back to indefinite as TBA. of now. Yes. We don't know when it's going to be released. And I mean, this is only the first of many other movies that were supposed to be released in the last few weeks or so and ultimately have now been pushed back. However, uh, I did read actually not too long ago that a lot of studios are releasing their movies in the international markets yeah. because they cannot release them in the North American markets. Like they yeah. cannot afford to hold these that. movies in their pockets anymore. So we'll see how the international markets, um, you know, uh -huh. in terms of box office numbers, like what, what we're to expect in the future. So, you know, that's something to note. Uh, what else do we have on here? Oh, well, this is a big one. Uh, PS5. PlayStation 5, yes. that's launching soon. That's a pretty big one. Yes, PS5 and the Xbox Series X, which is quite an interesting title, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I personally, sorry. <laughs> um, from what I've seen, I, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm personally looking forward to the PlayStation more because my bias just immediately goes to Spider-Man because I don't know if you saw the trailer. Yeah, 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 but I remember, yeah. Yes, they announced the Miles Morales Spider-Man project. So I was just like, oh, immediately I am hyped, <laughs> <laughs> hyped for this. Not that I'm, like Xbox Series X also did announce its own uh, exclusive. Obviously you have Halo in there. You have something called Scorn, which is supposed to be very inspired from, I don't know if, if anyone knows the Alien, actually, no, of course you would know the Alien franchise. Who doesn't know? But yeah. it's very, it's, it's very Geiger inspired. Who's the artist behind the look of Alien? So this game called Scorn oh. is supposed to be an exclusive for the Xbox Series X. So there's a lot of obviously these exclusives stir up a lot of competition. But immediately my attention goes towards the PS5 because of Spider-Man. As much as I like Halo, I'm definitely more of a Spider-Man fan. That's just my take. I like the look of the PlayStation 5. I know oh, yeah. it's, it's kind of gotten a lot of mixed reviews, <laughs> but I, I kind of dig it. It looks very Tron-like to me. Yeah, I like it. I know for the Xbox, it's it's going for a more, I, I think they admitted themselves, that they're going for a more CPU vibe, which is clearly mm -hmm. what they're trying to do. So I still respect the take that Xbox have, but again, from a stylish standpoint, I prefer consoles over PCs. I know a lot of people think that's a controversial statement, but um that so i like the playstation that it still looks like a video game system and it's very sleek and there were lots of memes about it where it looks like a, a modem <laughs> or something which I thought yeah was <laughs> but yeah all right and the last uh kind of news thing that we want to talk about uh is the fact that well actually this is more of an update which was we mentioned comic-con was canceled the first time in 50 years yes now they are doing virtual panels which would essentially mean that you're actors, directors, writers who would be at the convention are now doing virtual, virtual panels um, via whether that's through a YouTube live stream or their own media platform. Yeah. Um, this is probably the way that they're going to go about it for the next few months. And if things get better, you know, with a vaccine in mind, then, you know, maybe Comic-Con will open again, but we don't know. But actually, uh, you you came across something that was really interesting about Justice Con or something. Yes. Was it Justice Con? Yeah. Yeah, it's called Justice Con. So Justice Con is not to be confused with the DC convention because DC usually also comes to Comic Con, but they announced that they will not be coming uh, to talk anything about their films or any future projects in terms of the DC EU. But Justice Con is supposed to be, it's apparently a, a fan project of, I believe, three women, in the, either in the comic book or entertainment industry, which is really cool that they were able to do this, but they were able to do their own virtual panel and it's going to be starting on July 25th. And they're going to actually have Zack Snyder 
come in to do an actual virtual panel based on Justice League questions um, it, itself. And they're also apparently going to have uh, the actor for Darkseid also to come in to actually speak Ooh. about yeah, to speak about the Justice League project itself. Now, I don't know how long they're going to talk for. I don't know how in-depth they're going to go. It's, it's, it's a little vague. But I, overall, I thought it was interesting. And I thought that it was very respectful to the fans of the DCEU that Zack Snyder is still willing to go this far to answer questions. And I'm going to assume he's going to go to the DC convention, but to also on top of go to Justice Con and do his thing through a virtual panel. I thought it was interesting. So I'm definitely very curious as to see what's going to happen from there. Because again, as much as I don't like what's been happening to the DCU, I'm still very curious. So I, I want to see if any feedback he gives gives me some hope for the universe, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's just more, it's interesting to see um, how people are becoming uh, creative in their ways to get content out. And this is something that probably wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the pandemic. So that's always kind of neat. Um, we're going to move on to kind of shows and movie talk and our thoughts on some of the new things that have come out. So we're going to start off with something really exciting in the world of anime. Um, oh, <laughs> so uh, oh. for, for anybody who is a huge, huge Inuyasha fan, you probably came across this news that there is a sequel to the anime and it's I guess you could call it like a sequel spin-off for that matter which is supposed to be centralizing around the children of Shishomaru oh, yeah. and Inuyasha well Shishomaru's children which is like holy yeah. shit Shishomaru had children um yeah. and then the child of Kagomi and Inuyasha so yeah. the the anime will be called Yasha Hime which is princess half demon half demon yeah and I'll, I'll give a just a quick one sentence summary, which is the daughters of Shishomaru Niyasha uh, set upon a journey that is supposed to transcend time and help them find um, their purpose in terms of what it is that they're looking for. <laughs> I am so excited for this. I, yeah. I, I'm uh, so pumped for this. I am excited. I'll say that. I definitely want to know where this goes. I will say, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little worried in terms of because I don't Why know. Are you worried? I don't know, because I find that a lot of spinoffs, they don't do the best. Because I've heard a lot of bad things about Boruto, with the Naruto spinoff. About I thing. mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm worried in that sense, because I've heard of different um, spinoffs not going too well. And mm -hmm. this, this is an anime, but I also remember the Joey show. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just messing around. But overall, yeah, I'm 90% excited, of course. And I definitely, because you said transcending of time, so... I'm just theorizing here. Are, are, does like is the well gonna work again? Are, are they gonna? Yeah, yeah, no. So, so I, I mean, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll quickly uh, <clears throat> give a brief uh, premise summary, which is basically that uh, Shishomaru's twin daughters yes. are separated from each other during a forest fire, and one actually ends up going through uh, a mysterious. The uh, no, actually, she goes through a tunnel oh. that sends her to present day Japan, and. One of the sisters ends up getting raised by Kagome's brother, yes, Soda. Yes. And uh, ten years later, that tunnel connects the two eras together, and the sisters get reunited. And um, you know, they kind of end up trying to figure out their memories and try to figure things out from there. And I I'm interested. I, I have a soft spot for Shishobu, so the fact that he had kids is kind of like, whoa, what happened there? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But also the fact that. 
it kind of goes, it, it explores a little bit more, I would say, with the time traveling aspect, which Inuyasha was kind of the major plot hole, I will say. The yeah. fact that they're able to eat like instant noodles in feudal era Japan. And that didn't affect anything. Affect, like, affect anything. And they don't explain anything. They don't they don't have like a whole Avengers theory where they explain their own version of time. There's really nothing there. It's no, just, no. You and you kind of have it. yeah, you just have to accept it. So I'm I'm curious to see if there'll be yeah. more of the time travel in this, or if it's kind of the same thing with Inuyasha where you just accept it and it's sort of a like a, a mission, a holy grail mission story of some sort. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'm yeah, excited. Exactly. Definitely um, want to know what's going to happen with Miroku and Sango because I really love those characters. But yeah, just yeah. thought about them. Yeah, I wonder if they're still alive. I mean, we don't. We don't, I mean, I know this don't, sounds morbid. Don't but do I, that. What? <laughs> I, I like the morning Kagome and Yasha. I want them to be alive. But <laughs> sorry, go ahead. I, I do like. I will say I, I always liked Sango more than Kagome. But hundred yes, percent. We're getting off topic here, but that's for maybe a different podcast. Um, okay, so we're gonna talk about some trailers that recently came out yes. um we're gonna uh, kind of rapid fire them so umbrella academy season two that dropped which is yep. the um obviously continuation of the first season i will say that this one looked uh pretty good yeah. uh, i feel like it got more of um i don't want to say fun vibe but it seems more like they're going in in a in a less like what's what like less destructive route maybe is a better way to put it yeah yeah know. yeah they're they're exploring literally what they explored in the f first season in terms of w whatever they did in the past so i think that they're going to explore whatever happened there in terms of what yeah. They and, yeah and the and the first yeah. one felt more like vanya's story season yeah. two from the trailer anyways doesn't seem like it would be Fun, vanya's yeah. story although um <laughs> If you, we're not going to spoil things here, but if you've seen season one, you kind of understand why it's Vanya's story to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Like the the whole idea of the 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 last days of Earth, I feel like that's not going to be explored as much in season two. And I, that's what I got from the trailer. And I think from my perspective, it looks like they're. If this makes sense, it, it looks like that they're going forward more in the narrative versus revisiting. Yeah. Things. Yeah. So that is something I do want to watch. Um, I thought season one was okay, but I I'm still intrigued with the premise enough to watch season two. Yeah, and actually, speaking of season two, The Boys season two, which is the Amazon Prime show, dropped. Yes. Now that I will say looks, I mean, because it ended on a cliffhanger. Ooh, um, yeah. You know, season two looks like you know some shit's about to hit the fan. That's what it looks <laughs> like, and I'm interested in it. I'm, I'm, I'm for it. Yeah, and the casting for that show is so good. Like Carl. Yeah. Carl Urban is just really good. So just to, just like anything that came out of his mouth in the first season, <laughs> it, was just, it was just gold. I just watched this man talk all day and just be like, really? Yeah. His um, accent is great. He, like the way amazing. he does his accent, because that's, uh, he's a Kiwi. For anyone who doesn't know what a Kiwi is from New Zealand. Yes. Um, that accent is done so well. Like I when I watched season two, the trailer anyways, it hit me again. I was like, ooh, that's like, that's like velvet. It sounds yeah. beautiful. Like yeah. it's, it's it just rolls off the tongue. It's it's really nice. Yeah. And season two, I don't know how they did it, but season two just looks way more tense than the first one. The first one, it's a heavy. Sh I mean, it's it's dark comedy at times, but it, it is a very heavy show. So the fact that one looks even more heavy, it's just got me intrigued. So yeah, for sure. Another trailer, and this is actually something that got voted. Um, we mentioned in the very beginning of our podcast that uh, we asked some questions on Instagram, and 
whichever one got the most votes we would talk about. So we had asked, you know, which new trailer do people want us to talk about? And we asked whether it would be Project Power or The Kissing Booth 2. And um, <laughs> by, uh, by, an, an, by a large amount of votes, uh, Project Power was the winner. So we're going to talk about Project power uh Sal, what are your thoughts on that first of all thank you good people for for voting project power. <laughs> i would have a very hard time sounding very like middle ground about the kissing booth my guy <laughs> <laughs> but the project power uh it it looks it looks all right i i wasn't a fan of some of the cgi that i saw in the trailer but a lot of things in trailers it doesn't mean that that's the final product of what you see the premise of yeah, the premise yeah. of i'm not gonna spoil it i guess but the premise of what they're going for Overall, it's very intriguing, and I love that. I don't know how long it's been since I've seen Joseph Gordon-Levitt come back, but it's been a while. Right? So I really want to... Oh, my god! Yeah, him and Jamie Foxx, I just think there's going to be a lot of good chemistry, or I hope for that. So performance-wise and the concept itself is what's really pushing me to watch this. And do I think it's going to be good? I mean, I hope so, but I, I have doubts here and there. Yeah. Did you notice there was a lot of fire? There was a lot of fire in the trailer. A lot of fire. There's a lot of explosions, yes. and I mean like explosions that's just like like fire engulfing explosions. I don't know if anyone else caught that, but I was just like, there's a lot of fire in this trailer. It, it was very like pretty looking. If that mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. like, it didn't look gritty. It, like it, it was very like, ooh, it looks like fireworks. <laughs> reminded, yeah. me of, reminded me of Jubilee from the X Men a little bit. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't like Carol. She never shoot fireworks at people. But anyways, <laughs> moving okay. on. Um, all right, and we're we're moving on to the shows and movies that we've seen. And the same thing we asked on Instagram. You know, what are your thoughts? Which one do you want us to talk about? So we're gonna go to the first question, which was, which show do you want to hear our thoughts on? Um, actually, not show because one of them is a show. The other one is a movie. The first one being. Indian matchmaker or Indian matchmaking. I apologize. Indian matchmaking and the old guard. And by a, a lot of votes, again, this is a lot of votes. Um, Indian matchmaking seems to be the favorite. So we're going to spend uh, just a couple uh, minutes here talking about it. Yeah. Um, um, the reason I, I gave this show a shot was because I had just finished watching Dark or I was getting close to finishing watching Dark and I needed something lighthearted. And a few of my friends had seen it. And I was like, you know what, I'll give it a shot. And um, it, I, I, <laughs> I ended up face palming my face so many times in yeah. this show. And yeah. I under I know what I was going myself into. The show was called Indian Matchmaking. I, I understand what it is that I'm watching. But because as a South Asian person, to understand what it means to be in my own culture, sort of the things that you hear, societal norms and all this stuff, you see people and the way they are and you just think, why are you like this? Yeah. I remember I told you I had to take a break. I had to like oh, go, yeah, to my, yeah. go to my bedroom and yeah. lay down and was just like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, is this a <laughs> sorry, I was I was just like, I, I know we do this, but it's just like it's like it's like watching your nightmare all over again as as we because I'm also from the South Asian community. As we mentioned in our past podcast, we're at Bengali, so there is some familiar familiarity going on here. Yeah. Um I know you and I both overall thought the idea of 
the astrology aspect and that matchmaking portion was very cool and, and the person who could read people's faces he like got everything spot on okay right, can we take a moment to just talk about this this is the one thing i want to talk about the guy who's face reading why is he not face reading everybody's Everyone. picture like yeah. like and i've asked multiple people and and a lot of people have mentioned this. They've never heard of face reading. Astrology and, numer and numerology are quite common in in um, the Hindu, in, in India and in, in, yeah. in the Hindu religion. But face reading is something really new, and it was so eerily accurate, like down to the speech. I was yeah. like, this is like oddly too accurate. And yeah. I wanted to know more about this than somebody going, you need 10 days to relax? Like, what do you need 10 days to relax? Yeah. I'm like, I'm I, like, I don't care about that. I want to go back yeah. to the guy who's face reading. Like, I'm like, this guy could do like a revolution in physics and time. I'm like, how, <laughs> how is no one talking about this guy's miraculous prediction? <laughs> like, it was amazing. I, I, I was thoroughly, but that's something that, that I did enjoy watching. So yeah, mm -hmm. I did. Yeah. Good. It's very new. Okay, so moving on to the next question, which was which Netflix series uh, should we give our thoughts on, which was the new show Cursed, which came out just over a week ago, and the Netflix show Dark, which actually the last season released at the end of June. And just by one vote, Dark was the winner. So we're going to talk about Dark today, and we'll probably save Cursed for another day. So... Dark, I would, I mean, I recommended it to as a, it's a show that if you really like sci-fi thriller, you should right. give it a watch. And if you're really interested in a well-told complex narrative, then this is the show for you. It is, it is confusing. I'll be, I'll be honest. It is confusing, mm -hmm. but it is so intriguing. It makes you want to keep watching. It makes you want to understand how characters end up the way they are or why they do the things they do and it's a little bit of a slow burn the plot is slow the plot is deliberate but it is epic in its revelations it's sort of like this whole you know the peeling of an onion getting to the core and being satisfied with what you're getting uh the acting is fantastic it's a show actually that's originally done in german so i would highly recommend that if you watch the show that you watch it in german and it's a trilogy so it's only three seasons Right. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was really interesting to see what these characters would do given a certain power or given a certain object that would allow them to change things in the past, in the present, in the future. And it really makes you think. There's some there's some thought-provoking questions that the show presents you and you often really think about oh I wonder if I would do that or no I would definitely do that I don't care about the consequences um the ending for this show I I know a few friends of mine had said that they felt it to be a little bit underwhelming right. uh, in comparison to some of the other uh well the other the other two seasons so as a show finale they felt it to be like eh I don't know it was kind of like all right I can see why they felt that way but I didn't have that much of a problem with it because something that the show illustrates or illustrated to me was that even something nonchalant, even something small, even something that you think don't won't really have that much of an effect can have almost catastrophic kind of, yeah, consequences. And it's like almost like a butterfly <clears throat> effect to that, uh, to that, to that nature. And it, it goes to show that 
you shouldn't necessarily throw any course of action as like, oh, this is not going to do anything. This right, is not going right, to, nothing right. is going to happen from this. Um, it's very family central as well, which I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I really, it's one of probably, it's probably one of the better sci-fi uh, shows that I've watched. And um, I really recommend it. It's very complex. I've said this multiple times now, but if you're looking for a show to really hone all your focus in, I would recommend Dark. Right. Very and good. So would you say it's like from from what I've heard from other people, a lot of them have stated the idea that it's one of those shows like you don't know which turn it's gonna take, or some characters put themselves into a corner, and somehow the show is ma- manages to get itself out from that corner to have a better revelation or something. That's what I've heard from other people talking. Yes. About it. Yes. It's. So. I mean, it's. <clears throat> I'm still shocked at how the writers and the creators were able to write the show because there are so many times where it, it it feels like they've backed themselves in a corner, but they somehow beautifully write them write themselves out of it, and it makes sense. And it's, and it's very very hard to do. And I mean, there are still some unanswered questions that I would sure. have liked some answers, but overall. It is a really good show, and I and I do recommend it. Uh, the next question we have, which was which show or which show that we were rewatching, um, do people want us to talk about? And that was Avatar: The Last Bender, and Modern Family. And this one actually got a lot of votes, which was Modern Family. Really? So, oh. <laughs> yeah, Modern <laughs> Family got the most votes. Okay. <laughs> well, I finished Modern Family. Um, <laughs> I've only seen about one season of Avatar. So it's, I mean, it works out in the favor because you've seen more Avatar than me. But um, Modern Family, I did finish. And for anyone who's looking for, you know, your usual type sitcom with family drama, well, not too much family drama, but enough family drama and comedy, this clearly is your type of show. Does it provide anything new compared to other sitcoms, like something like Friends or something like Seinfeld? I don't think so. I... It's, it's very, very obvious the show does run very dry in the last three, two or three, or I would even say four seasons. A lot of the situations are repeated with similar revelations. Like last time, the conflicts are very repetitive. And again, the jokes even run dry overall because they don't seem creative to me anymore. It's, it's the same shtick over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I know I've heard a lot about this about sitcoms and I've read about it and I do agree with it. And it's been often said that when a sitcom goes often for too long, characters eventually become parodies or or caricatures of themselves. And unfortunately, in my opinion, this show does go that route. There are some points where like, okay, there needs to be a point of growth here. And again, it's comedy. So if anyone goes, you know, I'm just watching this for a lighthearted thing, completely fine. I'm I'm comparing this this to other comedy shows that have have shown growth and that have still remained lighthearted. And I've had a really good ending and overall has had a better story arc. So this is my critique in terms of that. So in terms of all of that, I do think the show, unfortunately, remains a little bit stagnant. The ending is fine. It's touching because you get to see the characters kind of go their own path. But again, because there's a lack of growth and everything, there's it's just it just remains very stale for me. And again, if you're looking for something to watch just to kill time, this is this is your show. The performances are all very good. Uh, Ty Burrell, the guy who plays Phil, completely just. A, oh, he's my he's favorite. My favorite. Phil's I, my I favorite. I love Phil. Like he, 
yeah. he keeps the show going, in my opinion. Him and mm-hmm. oh, I forgot his name, the guy who plays Jay. He's a very famous actor. He was in Family Matters. Um, oh, Ed Bundy. Ed Bundy, yes. Those two, in my opinion, mm-hmm. really keep the show going. All the other performances, again, are very good. But in terms of writing and delivery and chemistry, you get the most from these two guys. So I would recommend the show based solely based on the idea of like, if you just want to do something, I don't know, on a Sunday evening and put on some Modern Family <laughs> and sit with your spouse or partner or whatever and then watch Modern Family and you'll have a good time. Yeah, I actually haven't finished Modern Family. I, I stopped at season, season seven. Yeah. I haven't actually continued. Yeah. Maybe it's, you know, the same yeah. thing that Season you seven was already too far. But... <laughs> I'm saying that right now. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> okay. And so our, the last thing that we want to um, end today's What's Trending podcast is some DC news. And we're going to end it with the, with the rumor that uh, Ben Affleck might be coming back as Batman. Yes. He apparently... <laughs> Might be coming back, and people are overall, I guess, overall happy because they did like Ben Affleck's interpretation of. <laughs> of, of <laughs> Affleck. Sorry, I, I just got a response from a friend going, "Please no, I, I don't want him back." <laughs> so brilliantly timed. Thank you, this person. <laughs> but anyway, but there's all those types of rumors that he might be signing more contracts for HBO Max, and apparently HBO Max might be doing this huge DC multiverse thing with Zack Snyder and he's got all these plans in the works and I'm just like yo you need to stop Hold the <laughs> holy crap like <laughs> like you need to like really focus on each story because now you have the Matt Reeves Batman which is um, I'm confused so um Robert Pattinson is Batman in the Matt Reeves movie but Ben Affleck is Batman in Snyder's yeah so again that goes back to the rumor of the whole idea of the multiverse again so like you're gonna have all these batmen being batman (laughs) (laughs) i guess (laughs) and you know what listen like here's the thing the the animated movies do these things phenomenally but again they have a smaller fan base they've established a storyline from years ago so they can pull off these storylines that are inspired from the comics now when you're doing live action you're dealing with a whole different ballgame, in my opinion, especially when you haven't established your own universe in a well, sorry, in a very good way, in mm-hmm. my opinion. So uh, I don't know how I feel about it. But, but then we'll there's see. also but there's also talk of Michael Keaton coming back as Batman. Bro, I was saving that for another podcast because you mentioned oh, it. No, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, no it's, it's, it's okay. But yeah. <laughs> My man, Michael, my, my guy, Michael Keaton, my favorite Batman is supposed to, I'm well, sorry, not, not supposed to, rumored to come back in the Flashpoint Paradox. Again, oh. huge, huge problem because Flashpoint Paradox is such a complex storyline involving so many characters. It needs to be done to perfection, in my opinion. And you haven't done one of these universe movies fucking right, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> um, so because of that, uh, leave Michael alone. He's, he's a good guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm confused though. So you've got Robert Pattinson, possibility of Ben Affleck, and now the possibility of Michael Keaton. Yes, again, multiverse. So you're gonna have all these Batman. I don't know how they're gonna tie. If, if it happens, I don't know how they're gonna tie it in. But even if one rumor is true, if any of these rumors are true, I still think that they're doing too much. Just focus on one film at a time. We just mm-hmm. we just opened up to Robert Pattinson. Um, being Batman, and he looks like he's probably gonna kill it. I think he's a great actor. So um, yeah, he really is. Yeah. fantastic actor. And that's the problem. I just I'm like I'm looking forward to this. Stop stop giving me all this like noise. Right <laughs> like l- let me let me focus on Robert. He deserves it after being a shiny vampire. Please, <laughs> like come come on, like give him some time. But anyways, that's my rant. <laughs> yeah. 
And on that, we're going to end today's What's Trending podcast. If you like this kind of podcast, let us know on Twitter and on Instagram, and we'll continue to do them moving forward. You know, this is a lot of fun kind of doing real time. You know, these are things that are happening right now. Our thoughts are right now. And yeah, it's just been a lot of fun. And we've got some more uh, podcasts coming up, some more interesting, juicy content. And we're excited. So stay tuned for the next one. And take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.